0: Good morning, Harmony. Welcome. Would you stand up with me this morning as we start singing? Let's invite God in. Let's put all of our distractions aside. Let's worship him and ask him to bring down open up the heavens for us. Sing with me right here. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Sing that over again now. Show us, show
1: us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Oh, no, one more time, sing that up. No
2: Well, good morning and welcome to Harmony. We are thrilled that you're here in person. And if you're watching online, we want to welcome you uh, to our online campus. And uh, we just want to thank you for letting us have an opportunity to speak into your life today. I hope that no matter what has taken place in your life this week, uh, that for the next little bit, we can set aside all of those different things uh, that take place and we can focus in and hear from God and what he has for us uh, today, I don't know about you, but I, I know this week my life has uh, been busy and there's been lots of things that have taken place uh, this week. And I'm certain uh, that your life is, is exactly the same in many aspects. But here's the reality. Whether it's been way up here or way down here or somewhere in between... Uh, Our hope today is that God would open up the heavens and that he would encourage us, he would empower us, and that we would leave uh, a changed people in just a little while. Again, I want to thank you for gathering with us today. If it's your first time here with us, we want you to know that visitors are VIPs, uh, and and we thank you for being our guest. We would love the opportunity to connect with you immediately following our service back at the Connection Center out on Main Street. Uh, I'll be there, and I just want to learn a little bit more about you and maybe how we can serve you uh, during this uh, setting and season of your life. If you uh, would like to, you can uh, download a connection card uh, through one of our QR codes that's on the wall back or different places, or you can just download our app and uh, you can connect with us that way. Let us know uh, how you heard about us, uh, different things uh, that it might ask for like that. And for all of you, we would love for you to share any prayer requests that, that you may have uh, with us, uh, we would love the opportunity to pray with you and for you uh, and be able to help you in any way uh, that we can. Again, I want to thank all of you for being here with us today, and I want to thank those that are watching uh, online and participating with us in that way. I've got a couple of prayer requests that I, that I just want to share with you. I want to ask you to uh, continue to pray for Paul Toller. Uh, Paul Toller uh, has uh, been with us for many, many years, uh, and Paul has uh, been in the hospital Uh, This week, Uh, his daughter Candy called us early in the week and said that he had had a heart attack uh, and that his kidneys weren't functioning properly. Um, and he is there uh, in Hendricks. Uh, he is doing much better. Uh, but let's continue to pray for him. Uh, there is some kidney improvement there, and we're thankful for that. Uh, but he still needs our, our prayers. I want to ask you to pray for Larry Miller as well. Uh, he had a heart attack earlier in the week, uh, and uh, he is at home uh, recovering. But but let's uh, go ahead and, and remember him uh, in, in our prayers. And I know that there are several others that, that we're praying for uh, as well. And I just want to encourage you uh, to pray for. uh, those that that are are mentioned. Barbara Goad is having some health struggles and, and we need to be praying for her. I want to remind all of you uh, quickly that uh, we have a a golf scramble coming up uh, on the 26th uh, of June that's out at uh, Deer Creek. Uh, It uh, all starts at 8.30 that uh, Saturday morning. It's $45 a person. Uh, That includes uh, 18 holes, your cart, and lunch, and some other giveaways that that are there in that. So if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, please get signed up. You can play, at the, if you don't have a foursome to put in, that is perfectly fine. We can partner you up uh, with, with a team and, and get you involved in that. We would love to have you. And that is open to, to anyone here uh, in our church family, outside of our church family. We want to encourage you uh, to uh, participate and be a part of that. Well, today we're going to take a look at uh, Mark chapter 3. And uh, for the past several weeks, we've been talking about the, the remarkable story of Jesus and how he's calling people to himself and today uh, we're going to wrap that section up uh, as we look at Christ and what it means to be united to his call and I hope that it makes a difference in your life today let's go to the Lord in prayer father we come to you today and uh, we thank you for who you are and Lord I know that there's a lot of different needs that are represented here represented by those that are gathering online Lord, I just ask that today you take the the greatest need that's in each and every heart, and Lord, that you meet it. I ask that you encourage us. I ask that you strengthen us and equip us to be all that you have for us to be, and and God, that we would reach our full potential in this life with your help. Lord, I I pray for those prayer requests that we've mentioned, that you would be with them. God, that you would strengthen them, that you would work uh, in their life, that you would give them the hope that is needed. And Lord, as uh, we gather here today, I pray that you would help us to set everything else aside, and God, help us to hear from you. As we sing these next two songs, I just ask that if they're songs that we know, or maybe songs that we've never heard before, God, that, that you would cause us to reflect and think upon you, and Lord, that you would help us to focus on you through those words. For it's in Christ's name. Amen.
0: Amen. Stand with us one more time. As we've been studying the life of Jesus, these next couple songs just really describe who he is. And we can praise him this morning. We need to worship Jesus, only Jesus. Think about the truth of these words. Who has the power to raise the dead, who can save us from our sin? He is our hope, our righteousness. Jesus, only Jesus. Who can make the blind to see? Who holds the keys that set us free? Made it all to bring us peace. Jesus, only Jesus. Worship Him now. Study His name; there is no other name above heaven and earth whereby men must be saved. He is a waymaker. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. As dawn leads this song, sing out, waymaker.
1: Stop
0: This morning, you may be seated.
2: Remarkable. It's the story of Jesus. It's the life of Jesus. What does remarkable mean? It means to to stand out, to be different, to, to kind of be separated and to be noticed and for the past several weeks we 've been talking about the story of Jesus right out of the story of mark mark 's account of of the life of Jesus and and what a difference maker it is for anyone who wants to take a look at it and experience it well as we 've been on this uh, series and, and as we 've talked about uh, some of the topics uh, in this passage of scripture here 's one of the things that, that we 've noticed is over and over and over Jesus invites common, ordinary people to be with him. We've noticed that in the midst of of Jesus walking into a town or a city, he often uh, notices probably the people that no one else noticed, the people that no one else had time for. He noticed the hurting. He noticed the the sick. He noticed uh, what we would call the outcast. and, And he said, hey, I want you to come and follow me. And and I don't know about you, but that's good news to me today because here's what it tells me. It tells me that no matter who we are, no matter where we're at in life, no matter what's going on, Jesus has a place for us. That Jesus has a plan for us. That that Jesus has a purpose for our life and sometimes we we wonder does does anybody care about me is anybody concerned uh, about me is anybody even interested in, in what's going on in my life and over and over and over throughout the story that Mark gives us the truth that he records here's what we find out that Jesus has time for people from from all walks of life he he's walking by the sea of, of Galilee and he notices Peter and Andrew, and he says, hey, why don't you come and follow me, and I'll make you more. He goes a little bit further, and he finds James and, and John, and he says, why don't you come and, and follow me, and I'll make you more, and they leave their fishing nets, and they leave their dad in the boat, and the servants in the boat, and they said, look, we're going to follow Jesus because we want something more. Have you ever been in a situation or a place in life where you just wanted something more? You've been in a, a situation or a place where, where you knew there was a greater purpose, there, there was something more for your life, but you just couldn't put your hand upon it. As Jesus is walking by, he, he encounters these people, he engages them where they're at, and he says, look, I want you to come and follow me because there's something more for you. You know, today, I want you to know that God has more for your life. That There's more for you than right where you are. There, there's more for your life than what's just going on right here, right now. God has something more for each and every one of you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. He demonstrates that to us as he walks a little further and he encounters a guy by the name of Matthew. Now, Matthew is a tax collector. And, and when you look at the, the New Living Translation, here's what it says. And, and in Mark chapter 2, as he's going on and, and he encounters this guy by, by the name of Matthew. He encounters Matthew. He has a conversation with Matthew. He says, Matthew, why don't you come and follow me? And other people step back. They gasp. And it says, what on earth is he doing with scum like that? Now stop and think about how powerful that is. Other people are looking and they're saying, look, in this culture, in this society in which we live, in this place in which we find ourselves, here's what's, what's taking place. This guy over here, he, he's scum of the earth. Where, where there's a problem, he's right in the middle of it. He, he's stealing from people. He, he's taking what's, what's not theirs. And, and Jesus is saying that, that he can follow him. What is this guy really up to? But you know what Matthew does? Matthew leaves that former life and, and he comes and he follows Jesus and things become different for him. So Jesus is calling all kinds of people and he's saying, Look, I want you to come and, and I want you to, to follow me. Well, today we, we take a look at Mark chapter 3. And in Mark chapter 3, there's something that's that's pretty practical that takes place. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus says, Look, we, we can we can live a, a life that's that's united in the right thing i want you to to know this today that what unites us is greater than what divides us and there's so many times in in our life where we choose to let the the little divisions become greater than the one who who brings us together in in, in mark chapter 3 in verse number 20 here's what happens it, it, it says this. It says, then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, meaning his family, it says, when when they heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. Can you imagine being in the family of Jesus right now and, and realizing that, that you're saying he is out of his mind, and then uh, just a, a short time later after he goes to the cross, he's buried, and he rises again, that you told the Messiah that he was out of his mind? Now, now keep in mind, these people are, are in the know. They've already witnessed some miracles. Mary is a part of this group. She's going to show up as, as we get to, to the end. She, she's a part of it. She knows that there's something special that's there, but they can't comprehend all of it, and, and, and they say, look, he's out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons, he casts out demons. They, they said, look, you remember that, that God of the Philistines that, that really we've taken and, and, and given a, a name as, as, as Satan? Look, that's who he's working with and, and who he's working for. So his family says he's out of his mind. The religious leaders of his day say, man, he's working overtime and he's working hard. Not for God, but, but for Satan. It says, So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. Jesus goes on and he says assuredly I say to you all sins will be forgiven the sons of men and whatever blasphemies they may utter but he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness but is subject to eternal condemnation because they said He has an unclean spirit. Then his brothers and his mother came and standing outside, they sent him calling him and a multitude was sitting around him and they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them saying, who is my brother or my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, here is my my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of God is my brother. And my sister and my mother. You notice when when Jesus shows up on the scene through Mark chapter 3, here's what we've witnessed. Over and over again it says, And they came together again. They came together in, in the synagogue. They came together in people's houses. They, they come together by, by the Sea of Galilee, and incredible things are always taking place. And in this passage of Scripture, here's what we see. We see his family show up on the scene, and they say he's out of his mind. We see the religious people show up on the scene, and they say, man, he's working hard, but not for God. He's working for Satan. And then other people are going, what on earth is taking place? And what does all of this really mean? Mean? Well, we begin to just kind of lay some things out and here's what Jesus has for us. He has three practical things that make a difference in your life and in my life today. And here's the first thing that Jesus tells us and that we see unfold not only in this passage, but in many other passages as well. And, and it's this, that they're united in a purpose. When, when we look at, at what happens in the life of Christ over and over and over, they're united in purpose. When, when Jesus said, hey, Andrew, Simon, I want you to come and follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Do you know what they were? They were united in purpose. When he looks at Matthew and he says, Matthew, people might think that you're from the wrong side of the tracks, but I want you to come and follow me. Do you know what they were? They were united in purpose. When, when he looked at James and John and said, look, would you leave? What's familiar? Would you leave what's comfortable? Would you leave that good living that you're making in the future that you have planned out for you? Would you leave that? Would you, would you come to me? They were united in purpose. When the man that remains nameless was brought by four of his friends... And, and the crowd was so great that there wasn't room for them to get in, and, and the house is full and overflowing, and, and they say, look, we've got to get him to Jesus, but they couldn't get in through the door, and they climbed up on the roof, and they lowered him down. Do you know what Jesus said at that point in time? Wow, your faith, you, you're, you're coming to me, you're united in purpose because you want to follow me. Every time we see Jesus in these chapters as we've been walking through, here's what we discover. They're united in purpose. They're united around Christ. They're united around his word because he begins to teach. He begins to explain it. They're united around his presence. They're united around his power. Every time, that's what you see. And you see Jesus telling in this passage of scripture, what unites us is greater than what divides us. What was dividing them? What was dividing them is their misunderstanding of who Jesus was and what Jesus came to do. What was dividing them was was this, their personal preference and expectation. Do you know why the scribes thought he was working overtime for Satan? Because Jesus could do something they couldn't do. Did you know why his family had said, look, you've, you've lost your mind? Because it was different than what was expected. Every time they came together, it was united around Christ, it was united around his word, his teaching, it was united around his person, his presence, his power, what was coming from his life. But also every time, where there was a division, the Pharisees were, where there was a struggle, they had shown up and they were misunderstanding who Jesus is and what Jesus had come to do. Have you ever been in a situation before where you, where you felt like you were misunderstood? I mean, you're, you're, you're living for Jesus you're doing the best you, you can to, to try and, and follow him. You're, you're doing the best you can to implement things that, that are biblical principles into to your life and, and people around you just, just kind of misunderstand. They, they don't get what, what's taking place. That's, that's where Jesus is. Jesus is, is definitely not alone in that because the Apostle Paul would be misunderstood, right? Peter would be misunderstood. John would be misunderstood. The early church was, was misunderstood in, in many aspects and, and people went after him and said, hey, let's get rid of this. Sometimes when we begin to live for Christ right here, right now in 2021, do you know what's gonna happen? We're, we're gonna be misunderstood. But we have to understand that what unites us is greater than what can divide us. What brings us together around Christ is, is what we hang on to, what we hold on to, what we find our hope in. I often think about life in a, in a, a practical sense as to what a, a passage of scripture like this means for, for me, what it, what it means for you. And, and it means this, that even when people don't get Jesus, but we do, we stick with Jesus. Clarence Darrow, a a famous attorney of a bygone era, he said this, he says, I've suffered from being misunderstood, but I would have suffered a lot more if I had been understood. Did you know what a, a guy that that had a great intellect and, 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 and probably was on the wrong side of, of many issues, but a brilliant legal mind. He, he, he said, look, when, when, you're, when you're doing something that's a little bit different, there's going to be times where you're going to be misunderstood. And following Jesus, being united around his purpose and, and his plan is, is often a situation to where we're going to be misunderstood, but, but here's what we must understand. Even though other people may not get it, Jesus gets it, and when we're with Jesus, we're in the right place. So let me ask you something today. What, what is creating a, a divide for you in life right now? What's creating a divide for you? What's dividing your mind? What's dividing your heart? What's creating that divide? We have to ask ourselves the, the, the situation, is that greater than, than Jesus? What we have in Jesus, what brings us together, what we're holding on to in him, is that greater than what's creating the divide? And, and, and when it is, When we discover that we we have to understand that we have to to let go of of that which is dividing us why because jesus gives us a a couple of things something that's that's extremely basic he says look you you guys are are going down through things his family shows up the scribes show up so here's what jesus says he says if a kingdom is divided against itself that kingdom cannot stand. Kingdom represents a country. He says if a country, a country is in constant civil war, guess what? That country is not going to make it. He says if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. He says if a kingdom is in civil war, it'll be no more. If a house, a family is divided, a marriage is divided, friendships are divided. He's getting into to personal aspects. He says, that cannot stand. He even goes and he says, Satan, if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but has an end. Do you know what Jesus is telling us in every instance? He's telling us that, that when there's, there's unity and we're united around Christ and who he is, we can withstand all kinds of. Of things. Do you know why our church has been able to, to survive the, the years that it's survived? Because we're, we're united around Christ. Are, 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 we, are we perfect? No, but we're united uh, around Christ. Do, do you know why marriages last that last because they're united around Christ. Do you know why friendships can, can withstand struggles? Because of being united around Christ. What unites us is greater than what divides us. So when Jesus comes to this setting and situation, here's what happens. His family says this. Oh, he's a little OCD if we just want to bring it up into to terms. You, you know, it, it, the, the crowd is so great and there's so much taking place. There's not room to eat and there's not time to eat. He's just a, a little OCD. He's out of his mind. The scribes were saying, look, this guy has the Messiah complex. He thinks he needs to show up and save everybody and, and heal everybody and, and get them to do his thing because he thinks he's the one that's, that's the most important. And Jesus comes and and he, he says this, you really think that I'm working with Satan? How could Satan cast out Satan? Why would Satan cast out himself? Jesus says, Let, let's just take a, a look at this and, and think about it for just a, a moment. From a practical and a logical standpoint, what you're saying makes no sense. And here's what, what we would read a, a little bit later in the scriptures in Colossians 2 and verse number 15. It says this, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. What would Jesus do? Jesus would go on to demonstrate his power He would go on to demonstrate his person. He would go on to demonstrate that that people were misunderstanding him. But even though they were misunderstanding him, he didn't depart from what he knew he was called to do. Jesus is is giving us an insight that when we're following him, there's going to be some resistance. When we're following him, there's going to be some struggles. When when we're living our life and attempting to live it for him, here's what's going to happen. There's gonna be some people that are gonna say, wow, out of out of their mind. Not not long ago, I, I had had a friend, it's still my friend talking about a, an, another friend. And, and he calls me, okay? I've grown up in a pastor's home. We've been friends since grade school. And he calls me and he says, Can you believe this? They're telling me about Jesus. I said, I tell you about Jesus. You just told me that another friend is crazy because they're telling you about Jesus what are you telling them about me and he said no you you do it different I said you're the, the hole's getting deeper as we go okay all right I get what you're saying, and, and sometimes maybe we need a, need a little more tact, but, but everything you just said is, is everything that, that the Bible represents, so, so let's just talk about this for just a moment, and he's like, I'm really busy, I, I need to get back to work, and, I, and I'm like, that's fine, but, but we're going to have this conversation at some point in time, Brett, all right, that, that's going to happen, okay, we're going to, to have it, and, and, and we have it to, to this day. Here's, here's what happens. When people see something different that's a little different than what they are, they just think all of a sudden it has to be completely and totally wrong. And his family, I want you to get that. His family, the scriptures teach us that his half-brother, James, did not believe until after the resurrection. And after the resurrection, he did believe. And he became a leader in the early church. And he did great things for God. But, but at this point in time, he's one that's misunderstanding who Jesus is. And he's saying, wow, he's lost his mind. The guy doesn't take time to eat. The crowds are too big for him to eat. What's wrong with him? I want you to realize that sometimes people will misunderstand. Our job is not to focus on all the little things that they may say, hey, creates a division. Our, our job is to focus on, on what unites us and what what he's called us to do and and to continue to focus on who he is and and what he wants us to be. But there's something else that's tucked away in, in this passage and, and and it's there. What what unites us is is greater than what divides us. They're united in, in purpose. They were united in coming together. Think about this. They're 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 looking and they're missing out on the blessing of being united in the purpose of Christ and following him. Which causes them to miss out on the, the very next thing. And, and it's this. They, they take a look and Jesus says, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men. And whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness. But is subject to eternal condemnation. Because they said he has an unclean spirit. They were united in purpose and following him, but, but they were united for salvation. What, what was Jesus doing? What, what were his, his followers doing in those verses preceding that caused his family to look on and say, look, we don't get this. We, we don't get what's, what's taken place in, in, in the lives of, of others. We don't get what's taken place in this conversation and in this teaching. And Jesus comes to him and he says, look, I want you to understand this. All sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter. But he says, he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, he who pushes it off, is not going to experience forgiveness, but eternal condemnation. This passage is often referred to as the unpardonable sin. And if we ask for a show of hands today that that could define the unpardonable sin, do you know what we would hear? We would hear all kinds of, of different things. I, I've told you, I've, I've grown up in church. My my dad's a pastor. I'm a pastor. It, this, this has been my life, and I've heard uh, every, everybody uh, for, that, that you can imagine in, in walks of life, people that know Christ, people that don't know Christ, they get into this topic, and they say, okay, what is the unpardonable sin? And, and for some people, they, they would say, look, the unpardonable sin has to be something like Murder right? Taking somebody else's life. For some people, they would say, "Man, the, the unpardonable sin is taking God's name in vain. And, and, and the reality is, is when, when we think of taking God name, God's name in vain, everybody thinks of somebody that cusses, But, but reality is, is this, from a biblical standpoint, when he said, "Don't take the, the Lord's name in vain," he said, "Don't come and tell everybody you're a follower of Christ and go out and live for the world." That, that's ultimately what it means. Because some people will say, look, I've never taken the Lord's name in vain. And I'm like, wow, we've got a big surprise coming to us when we get a, a real understanding. Should we cuss? No. But but we, we should say, I'm a Christ follower, and I'm going to live like Christ, right? I, I'm not going to take his name and waste it. Because ultimately, that, that's, that's really what it's talking about. How about cultural issues or, or political stances, taking the, the life, of another, as as we mentioned, adultery. How about sexual sin? Ending life before God says it's done. Maybe abortion or denial. Well, well, here's the the truth. I I just listed many things that fall under the heading of Paul, Moses, David, Peter, and more. Yet, they were found in Scripture, and they're found in the roll call of, of faith. We find that Peter writes a book in, 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 in the Bible, and Peter was a, a leader in the early church, yet he denied Jesus. So, what is the unpardonable sin that, that Jesus is, is talking about here? Jesus is saying, guys, while, while you're sitting back and people are, are being taught, while, while you're sitting here questioning, who I am and, and what it's all about, and, and you're misunderstanding the, the experience that, that is unfolding, Here, here's what's happening. You're, you're rejecting the truth of who I am, and you're being convicted by it, and you're hearing that truth over and over and over, and here's the reality. The unpardonable sin is, is leaving this life without Christ hearing the gospel clearly and plainly and rejecting it and saying, look, that's not for me. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, my feelings aren't hurt that you think I'm out of my mind. My feelings aren't hurt that you think I'm working overtime for Satan. He doesn't look and, and, and say that this really hurts my feelings. He says, here's a reality. I'm more concerned that you're pushing the Holy Spirit away, and you're saying, stay away from me, and you're hearing the truth, and you're hearing the gospel over and over and over, and you won't come to Christ. You see, they were religious, but they were denying the power thereof. They had understanding, but they wouldn't give surrender. They had heard it, But they kept saying, you know what, this isn't what we expected. There has to be more. You see, the Pharisees, Jesus' family, other people often expected the Savior to descend and come in in a flashy scene and be around the socially acceptable and and the, the socially advanced. And when Jesus walks in a room and he calls ordinary people with struggles And sinful lives, and he says, you can come unto me. They were united in purpose, yet people misunderstood. Not because there was something lacking from Jesus, but because it wasn't what they expected. And I wonder how many times in this world and in this life, people don't turn their life to Jesus because it's too simple. There's got to be more to it. I've gotta get my life better. I have to get good enough. And the reality is is this. Jesus says, we're united in purpose to come and follow me. We're united for salvation. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Jesus was saying, here's what's happening, Pharisees. Here's what's happening, those that that are misunderstanding me. You're keeping yourself from Christ, and you're keeping other people from Christ. You're missing out, but, but you're helping other people to miss out on the gospel. And here's a reality. When we miss out on the truth of the gospel, we miss out for forever. Because if we leave this life without Jesus, that there's not another opportunity to come to Jesus. We take a, a look at this truth, and the Bible says this in 1 John And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I want you to get that. From all sin. Jesus says all sins will be forgiven the son of men. But there's one that, that can't be. And that one that can't be is rejecting him. Leaving this life without him. Now, I know that some want to argue different ways and say, oh, no, uh -uh. if if you do this, no way you're going to be in heaven. Well, I'm not going to waste my time arguing with you because Jesus said, look, here it is, all sin forgiven when someone comes to Christ. But here's a, a truth. Rather than spending a lot of our time wondering about what it is and who's committed it, and trying to to figure it out maybe we would be better to say look i want to be united in purpose and i want to be united for salvation because as jesus was misunderstood other people are going to to misunderstand and other people will be misunderstood but one thing we can unite in is helping people come to christ think about it for just a moment all these people are around the crowds are so great and people are coming to Christ. And the people that misunderstand aren't trying to get to Jesus. They're trying to keep people from Jesus. A divide often keeps people from him. In Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 31, it says, And I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Get that. It speaks a word against the Son of Man. Peter denied him. He was forgiven. The, the, the people that are, that are standing around, that are, that are saying, look, he's out of his mind. They were forgiven. Uh, accounts of them coming to Christ are, are there. But he says, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. That's powerful, but it's practical. It tells us, church, that what unites us is far greater than what divides us. It tells us that we need to be united in purpose. It tells us that we need to be united for salvation, the salvation of those that are around us, the salvation of those that are in our country, our family, that that belong to a different kingdom, so to speak, that that haven't come to Christ yet. ought to, ought to unite us, but then he gives us something else. In verse number 31, then his brothers and mother came, and standing outside, they sent to him, calling him, and a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you, but he answered them, saying, who is my brother, or my mother, or my brothers, and he looked around in a, a circle at those who sat about him, and said, here, are my mother and my brother. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus says we're united as a family. You ever have that family member that you'll go to their funeral, but you're not going on vacation with them? Just asking. <laughs> and one that you're not going to pack up and go, go camping with for a, a week or 24 hours. You, you, you can't be that, that close together for an extended period of time. Do you, know, do you know what Jesus says? Jesus reminds us that in Christ, we're one. Jesus speaks to the eternal family. You know why Jesus said, look, unless someone hates his mother and father and departs from them, he, he, he can't follow me. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Uh, unless we're willing to leave the temporary things of life, it's always going to be an extreme struggle to follow Jesus. And in this passage of scripture, he says, look, you're telling me that that my mother and my brother are outside, but, but the reality is this, those are our temporary relationships, and are they valuable and are they absolutely important? Absolutely. But here's what Jesus is telling us that when we come to Christ, we are one in Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor, nor free. There is neither white or black. There is, is not family member or non family member. We are one. So Jesus looks around and he says, honestly, because of, of Christ and who he is, because of what he has, has done. He's saying, what, what I am, am coming to do in the life that I'm living, we are a family. We're an eternal family. We're a redeemed family. So he says, here's, here's the truth. We're going to treat each other like a redeemed family. He says, for whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and my mother. Think about the the truth that God gives us all throughout his word as to how we treat family, how we're supposed to honor one another, how we're supposed to care for one another. Jesus is looking and and he's saying, look, right now my, my mother and my brother might be outside, but but here's the reality. We've got a connection right here, right now. We're united as a family, eternal relationships. He wasn't telling us that family doesn't matter. He was saying if we value family like that on earth, why don't we value people that are gonna be forever with us in heaven? He wasn't saying don't care about your mom or your brother. He wasn't saying don't care about your sister. He was saying if you care so much about the temporary, why don't you care for even more about the eternal? He says the eternal unites us as a family. And he says, yes, yes, they're important, but, but my forever family, my eternal family, the ones that, that I'm going to be with in, in, in heaven, what, what I'm doing right now, what I'm sharing right now, it's incredibly important because we're united for a purpose. We're united for salvation. We're united as family. What, what would happen among believers, uh, among the church, if, if, if we just took the simple layout from Jesus, and and, and we said, here's a a truth and a a reality. What unites us is far greater than than what divides us. And we united ourselves around Christ, and we united ourselves for the salvation of all who have not heard, of all who are yet to come to him, because that's what it's about. If we united as a family, and we loved each other, and we treated each other with respect... We honored one another, and and, and we said, this is how I'm going to live because this is how Jesus lived. Imagine for just a moment, Jesus walking by to Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and he said, hey, I want you to come and and follow me. People are going to misunderstand you. It's going to be really difficult at times, and sometimes you're going to wonder why it's so hard. He didn't do that. He just said, I want you to come and follow me. He never says it's going to be easy. But he says, I'll help you be obedient. And today, if you've not come to him, I want you to know that he gave his life for you. He gave his life for you and for me, and he's paid the price for all of our sin. He did that on the cross. He was buried, he rose again, he did that for you and for me. Just like he did it for James and John and Peter and Andrew and everybody else in the world, he's done it for you and for me. And all that has to happen is for us to, to admit that we're sinners and to put our faith and trust in him and come to a place where we say, look, there's something missing in my life, and Jesus, it is you. I'm asking you to be my savior. That, that's it. When, when we do that, we're united in purpose. United in purpose. Let me ask you this. Maybe you're already united in purpose with Christ. Let me ask you, are you united for the salvation of others? Are you united for the salvation of others? Are you united for the salvation of others? Are you willing to say, look, when people leave this life without Christ, there is no hope for them, so, so I'm willing to step up my, my witness, my faith, my sharing, rather than than sit around and and wonder what others are doing or or not doing, I'm going to to share my faith. I'm going to let others know because it's serious. Maybe you would say I need to be more united as family. Take a a longer look at what's eternal and where we're going to spend eternity and treat each other honestly with with the the type of love and and respect that that we want. That's what loving our neighbor is is all about. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Jesus got the message, hey, your mom and brothers are outside, and everybody probably expected him to run out, and they probably were outside going, why isn't he here yet? Jesus said, you know what? I love God with all my heart and I'm gonna love them as I I love myself. I'm gonna take time for them right here, right now. I'm gonna be united as family. Today I hope that you'll be united in purpose, that you'll be united for the salvation of others, that we'll realize the importance of the body of Christ, the family of Christ, and we'll be united as a family and go forward with him together. Would you bow your heads with me for just a moment? As we've been going through this series, talking about coming to Christ and how anyone can, today, I just want to make certain that you know that you're certain that Jesus is your Savior. And if there's any doubt of Jesus being your Savior, right here, right now, settle it. It's real simple. Jesus gave his life for you on the cross He was buried and he rose again and all that there is left for you to do is to put your faith and trust in him so today if you don't know Jesus but you would like to know Jesus if you would just pray a simple prayer like this right where you are right here right now a simple prayer that says something like this from your heart right to the heart of God dear Jesus the best I know how I'm placing my faith and trust in you today I ask you to forgive me of my sins and I ask you to be my savior that's it, it's that simple. You can do that, right here, right now. If you're watching online, wherever you're at, you can do that. If you've got a want to in your heart, then just do it, right now. Maybe you're here, you've already done that. You would say, John, I'm a Christ follower, but, but I need to, to work on what unites us Rather than what divides us, I, I need to, to be united more for the salvation of others, united more as a family. Maybe that's your prayer today. Whatever your prayer might be, I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. As I pray, you make your prayer to, to the Lord and ask him to help you with what's going on in your life. Father, we come to you today and we ask you to help us. Lord, no matter what's taking place, we all have struggles. We all have different things that, that's going on. But Lord, we all need a Savior. So Father, if there's one here today that needs to know you as their Savior, I pray that this would be the moment, this would be the time where they would simply give that simple prayer and help us to know it's not a prayer that saves, it's our want to, our heart towards you. It's that faith, it's that belief. And Father, help them to express that belief to you. Lord, for all those that know you as Savior, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be united in a greater way around you. Lord, to be united around your teaching, your word, that we would come together again and again and again as, as they did through those three chapters of, of Mark that we've looked at. Just show up to, to be centered on you. Lord, I, I ask that you would give us a greater concern, a greater conviction, a greater burden for the lost that don't know you. Lord, I pray that you would help us to love one another in a greater way. For it's in Christ's name we ask it, amen.
0: Thank you for your attention this morning. Hasn't this series in Mark been a great one? And it's all because of his preaching, right? Let's start out by giving Pastor John a good hand this morning. Today we are here to celebrate something that happened last year and no, I'm not talking about COVID. <laughs> last year marked John's 20th anniversary as being our pastor here at Harmony. And this is his second pastor and he's been a pastor almost 30 years. And uh, it's been my honor to be on staff a long time with him. I looked it up. The, the average stay for a senior pastor in churches in America today is four years. Think about that. That gives no stability. Our pastor has been here faithfully serving God 24, 7, 365 for 20 years. So last year, you had an opportunity to show him your love. And you did that. And we're just now giving it to him. So. Stephanie, Maddie and Gabby come on up here it's not only John's hard work but it's the family's sacrifice as well that allows him to serve God with all that he has and all that he is so John, isn't this a beautiful family let's give them a hand Dave Phillips come on up <laughs> I love you honey. <laughs> and now Dave Phillips is going to a presentation.
4: It was a beautiful thing until I got up here. I told John this morning I said I just wanted to dress up today so I look better than you and he said good luck. <laughs> Is this on? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just want to uh, again do uh, thank the congregation for your support in uh, supporting the, the project that we actually started January of 20 to honor John and his family for the 20 years of service. Now it's 20 years and eight months, All right? And uh, gosh, a couple more months be 21 years. But anyway, we started, uh, It's kind of reminded me of the old days when the Christians would meet secretly in buildings and to, so they wouldn't get caught. We had a secret meeting at our house in January of 2020 with deacons and deacons' wives and staff and... We we tried to keep it a secret from John, but keeping something a secret from John is impossible. Now, I've, he's not going to tell you that, but anyway, it, it is. But we're here today to to honor him, and, and I promised him I wouldn't say anything to embarrass him, even though he does it to me all the time. I walk in the building, I say, how's my favorite pastor today? He says, I don't know, I haven't seen him, have you? I say, yeah. And you know, John always wants us to go out, and we should invite a friend to church. So I invite a friend to church and I'll bring him up and I always introduce him to John and I'll say, John, this is this is John and 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 Ann from Savannah, Georgia, friends of ours down there. And John will walk up in front of me and he'll say, Oh, it's so good to see you. Thank you for coming. We didn't realize Dave had friends, and we really love Marion. And then he's also got another deacon here doing the same thing, and I, but I'm not going to mention Doug's name because I don't, want, I don't want to embarrass him. Would all the other deacons come up here if you're not up here already? I can't see out there that light's so bright. Here's Bud <laughs> This has been a, a true team effort. It has gone, uh, as I said, gone on for months and months and months. And we have changed courses so many times. But the uh, the reason that it's, what, 18 months later or whatever is obviously because of COVID. And uh, there's just certain things that, that we didn't feel that should be done during that period of time. but. When you th- when you think about COVID and you think about church, there was nothing greater to me as a member is to come in here when the church opened and see smiling faces out front holding up signs, welcome back. Uh, very emotional time. The the whole situation was was very difficult. I don't know the number. John may know it. The number of churches that have closed as a result of COVID is unreal. The church I grew up in 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 Amo has closed. Uh, Churches over America have closed. This church has maintained, this church has actually done better during the COVID than at any time in history, is that correct? Uh, Financially and in helping others, reaching out in the community and you you look at this this building here, and you think you look back. How many I can't see because of the lights. But how many here were here when we built this building? Raise your hand up. Not a whole lot. So many of you don't know what we experienced in building this building, but this man led us through the process. We completed it, got it done, and there's there's. I remember every sermon that he's preached, but that was a lie. I shouldn't have done that should I.
2: I I miss at least somebody does. I miss
4: there are there is one particular sermon that I remember that I will never ever forget as long as I live. And it's it's kinda like what he preached today. He will never end a sermon without talking about Jesus. I once had a pastor in Savannah when we lived there. said, if you go to a church and you don't hear the name of Jesus, don't go back. And that is true. But I remember that Sunday so well. It was Easter. I don't remember the year. When was it? Do you remember? Which? The year, uh, the first service in here. Uh, Easter 2011. Sunday. 2011. 2011. We were in the choir. I sat right up there singing. John sits in his normal place all by himself over there because nobody wants to be around him. (laughs) And the look on his face was like I've never seen him look so happy. And I know the relief of finally being in this beautiful building. God has been so good to us. And I remember... Him walking right over there, and he gave the altar call. do. (laughs) And he said, those of you that don't know Christ, I ask you if you would come forward and give your life to Christ. This is the time to do it. Then he stopped, and he said, no, I don't ask you. I beg you. I beg you to come forward. That's why he's here. He's here to lead people to Christ, and it's our responsibility to support that. The greatest gift we can give this man and his family is to see people come to Christ. That's why he preaches the word of Jesus every Sunday. And let's give him another hand for that. My favorite scripture in the Bible is 1 Corinthians and it talks a lot about the gifts that God has given us. Paul talks about love mainly. Uh, The last several Sundays John's talked about hope and joy and love and when he ends 1 Corinthians he ends with the greatest of these is faith hope and love and we're not doing this because It's his 20 years. We're doing this because we love him. And I just wanted to give John this gift for his family, his whole family (laughs) to go on vacation for a week to a place that maybe he knows, maybe he don't. I never know what he knows. And we just hope that you enjoy it. And uh, we love you. And we just really are so proud that you're here and just be a part of it and i do love you seriously love
2: you too. <laughs> so. love, 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 love. Please uh, remain standing. Um, We're going to go ahead and uh, close in prayer in just a moment. Um, I just want to say thank you. Uh, It has gone by fast. Uh, Other times uh, in, in, in life you know you, you experience it it goes by and you wonder where the time has gone and there's been a a lot of people that have been here and been a part of our church family and and moved away others gone and, and started new works and and uh thankful for all of those moments because in every moment uh, it's been a, a learning experience it's been a time where we've seen god do the things that only god uh, can do um i'm i'm thankful uh, for those that were here Uh, back at the end of 2000 that uh, said we believe that God wants us to call a a kid that we knew uh, growing up, Um, and they knew me well. And they still said, we believe that God wants you to be here. Um, And uh, I'm thankful for that opportunity to uh, serve the Lord here, to serve you. And uh, I look forward to uh, many more years together. And over the next several weeks, we're going to be sharing our our vision for the future and and what God uh, is is laying on our hearts and what he's continuing to do. And uh, I'm just thankful for that. Thank you for your goodness to me, your goodness to my family. Uh, they love it here and uh, I'm thankful uh, for that and I'm thankful for each and every one of you today uh, before you you go take time and let each other know that they're appreciated if you're a guest please stop by the Connection Center today would love the opportunity uh, to to be able to learn more about you and how we can serve you and I want to also thank God for this uh, group Uh, obviously my family uh, I love them dearly and uh, thankful for their support but I want to thank the Lord for uh, these men that are are up here uh, today. Leon Manette, uh, I've served with you for many years now, and uh, it's good to have you back in service where you can uh, be with us. Uh, a few months ago, we thought you were gone, and uh, we prayed, and your wife said, the Lord's going to answer prayer, and uh, he did. And uh, we're thankful uh, for that, and uh, all the rest that, that are here have incredible blessing and uh, thank you all for your leadership and your friendship and uh dave it's been great to serve with you all of these years uh, together here at harmony thank you very much you want to
4: doug's going to close this in prayer but uh before you take off uh, bud needs wants to get all of your your pictures up here so we'll close in prayer and then he'll get it all right
0: let's pray father thank you for this time that we have for the effort that was put forth by the entire congregation to get us to this point, and uh, uh, Lord, uh, I pray that we would all go home thanking you, uh, loving others, and uh, telling others about Christ. In
3: Jesus' name I pray, amen.
2: Thank you for being a part of Harmony at Home and allowing us to share hope with you. You know, when we think about the love of Jesus, it's absolutely amazing to stop and realize that he gave his life for you and for me, and all we have to do is simply put our faith and trust in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and that changes us for all eternity. Today, if you've never invited Jesus to forgive you of your sins, and to be your personal savior, I want to encourage you to do that right now. It's as simple as admitting that your life is not perfect, admitting that you've sinned, that you've missed God's mark of perfection, and putting your faith and trust in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is God's love in action, and he demonstrated his love for you and for me by going to the cross, by being buried and by rising again on the third day. And today, if you'd like to invite him to forgive you of your sins and to be your savior, I would encourage you right where you are, just to simply say, Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior and he will do it. If you've made that decision today, please let us know. Please reach out to us. We would love the opportunity to help you learn more about who Jesus is and the incredible plan that he has for your life if you are a part of the Harmony family uh, you're part of our Harmony uh, online community and our online campus I want to thank you for joining us as well and I want to invite you to start regathering with us in person if you would like to do so but please remember we're keeping everything online as well, so you're not going to miss out uh, on our Sunday morning experience and the other things that we've been doing through the week. We're going to continue to offer those and to continue to meet a need in your life. And if you would like to help us continue uh, to serve our community and, and literally the world, uh, we would encourage you to hop on over to HarmonyofAvon.com forward slash give, and you'll be able to help us continue the ministry and to make a difference, not only here locally, but globally as well. Thank you for being a part of harmony at home. And I pray uh, for God's greatest blessings in your life. And I hope that you'll continue to stay connected to us throughout the week. You have a great day.